Welcome to the Design Mind Frogcast. Each episode, we go behind the scenes to meet the people designing what's next in the world of products, services, and experiences, both here at Frog and far, far outside the pond. I'm Elizabeth Wood. Today on our show, we're talking about the intersection of beauty and technology. To do this, we're joined by Charlotte Pierron Perlez, Executive Vice President and Managing Director of Intelligent Industry at Capgemini Invent, in conversation with two leaders at L'Oreal who are ushering in a new era for the organization and for the beauty industry overall. You're going to hear from Beatrice Doutzenberg, Global Director of Beauty Tech Services, and Stefan Lanuzel, Beauty Tech Program Director, to learn about driving transformation at the scale of L'Oreal, embracing new tech like Gen AI and augmented reality to deliver next level products and services, and how to do all this while keeping a guiding focus on sustainability and inclusivity. Fresh off their wave of award wins, special announcements, and keynote talks at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, L'Oreal is making big waves in the world of design, data, tech, and manufacturing of consumer products. Here they share their learnings from driving this change inside and outside the business. So let's jump in. Hello everyone, I am Charlotte Pierron Perles, Executive Vice President, Managing Director of Intelligent Industry at Capgemini Invent. I am extremely proud to be joined today by Beatrice Dodzenberg and Stéphane Lenuzel, two leaders from L'Oréal Group that are driving company-wide transformation and pushing the beauty industry forward. This podcast is taking place right after the CES at Las Vegas, putting the emphasis on how much being a leader in beauty implies being a leader in beauty tech. That means how leveraging technologies may help to develop a more efficient innovation, more inclusive beauty, and a more sustainable one. Thank you very much, Stéphane and Beatrice, to be with us today. Maybe to start, could you please Introduce yourself, state your name, and what you are doing. Hello, Charlotte. So I'm Beatrice Dodzenberg. I'm the Global Director of Beauty Tech Service at L'Oréal. Within the CDMO, I have 20 years of experience at L'Oréal in marketing, in sales, in general management, working in six countries. And uh, maybe for people listening, you know, I want to, to name some of the fantastic brands that the L'Oréal Group has, such as L'Oréal Paris, Garnier, Maybelline, that are sold in mass market but also luxury brands such as Lancôme, Yves Saint Laurent, Armani, Kiehl's, for example. We have also brands that are distributed in pharmacies, drugstores like La Roche-Posay, CeraVe, or Vichy, or brands sold in salons such as L'Oréal, Professionnel, Kerastase, Redken, and Matrix. And of course, all those brands, you can also find them online. Thank you, Beatrice. You, Stéphane, could you say a few words? So, hello, Charlotte. Thank you for having us. So, I'm uh, Stéphane Lanuzel. I'm the Beauty Tech Program Director. I've been 10 years in L'Oréal, you know, with different positions in, in operation, in, in digital transformation. But since 2018, I'm the Beauty Tech Program Director. So, I often refer myself as the number two employee of Beauty Tech because Beauty Tech, as we will see, is an adventure, is, is a journey for L'Oréal. And it's really bringing tech at the heart of L'Oréal strategy. And doing that at the scale of L'Oréal, you know, when Beatrice mentioned the 37 brands we have, but it's also 40 factories, 7 billion. So it's a massive boat and we are transforming that with tech to make sure that we lead the beauty tech as we have been leading the beauty industry for many years. It's really a company adventure and a wide transformation. We will deep dive a bit more. Maybe our first question for you both, 
what is the number one impact you hope having in your current role? So first, you know, with beauty tech, we aim at solving consumer tensions. We aim at creating value for all. When we say value for all is for consumer, for brands, for retailer, for partner, and of course, one of the stakeholders is the planet and the society where we also want to have a positive impact. So today it is a fact, consumers have totally adopted technology in their daily life. You know, if I think, for example, about health, monitoring tools, biology at home are expanding and beauty is actually the same and beauty tech has totally integrated into beauty. Why is that? It's because 70% of customers are telling us that they are lost when they face an ocean of choice. And it's with beauty tech service that we are yearning to solve this issue and to bring them recommendation, diagnostic, and to guide them through their journey. So this is what we do at L'Oréal. Our main goal, our main impact that we want to have is to create beauty for each at scale. Such a huge impact. Thank you, Beatrice. Stéphane, question to you. For me, it was really to put technology at the heart of our strategy, at the COMEX table. You know, we've been using IT for many years, but now we are moving from IT to technology. Using technology to invent new services, as Beatrice has explained, but also to power our employees because they need to use technology. They need to use data. They need to use artificial intelligence to make decisions, to innovate. You know, we are augmented our employees with, with technology. It's why, you know, the, one of the key output of the beauty tech program is to make sure that all the 88,000 employees of L'Oreal are embracing technology and are at ease with technology. And that's really the impact that we are trying to make. Moving from IT being a support function to technology being at the heart of L'Oreal transformation and at the heart of all our discussions. I know how much this point is important at L'Oreal and I know you will be back on this a bit later. Let's now talk about how L'Oréal is making waves in the consumer space and influencing other sectors with its evolution toward beauty tech. Stéphane, first, what is beauty tech at L'Oréal, very concretely, and how has it evolved already starting a few years ago? And maybe, second question for you, how has L'Oréal expanded its focus towards world-class beauty product to becoming a, really a next-generation beauty tech powerhouse? So let me rewind a little bit and, and give you the, the genesis of the Beauty Tech program. Digital transformation at L'Oréal started in 2010. So we have been pioneering in the digital transformation with the development of e-commerce, you know, moving from 0% to 30% business on e-com, moving from mass media to precision advertising, and also having brands that are very active on social media. So that was the digital transformation, and we pioneered that, and we led that for the beauty industry. But in 2018, we also realized that could go beyond digital transformation and that technology will impact massively the beauty industry by enabling us to develop new services for our, our consumers, but also augmenting our employees to innovate faster and, and to make more educated and data-driven uh, decisions. So the way we, we started was really to listen to all the tech giants and the tech players. And, you know, I remember that we uh, had some discussion with the, the top management of Capgemini to really see what was their, their vision on how technology will disrupt beauty. And it's why we've embarked into that transformation, Beauty Tech. You know, it's a large-scale global transformation for the entire company uh, with the motto to invent the beauty of the future while transforming in the company of the future. 
And that symmetry of attention is key because it's both for consumers, but it, it's also for our employees. And we are embracing all types of technologies to create that disruption in the beauty. And we've been working on, on that for now for the past five years and really building the foundations to enable that transformation at scale. We've been inventing new services, and Beatrice will come back onto that. What I can tell you is that it has enabled to uh, convince people that we've been in the beauty industry doing cosmetics, topic products for 115 years. And now, you know, we are doing services, and services are, are also really at the art of L'Oreal beauty offering. And we've just mentioned that during the CES, taking the keynote of the CES during the introduction. So basically, services and, and developing new services for our consumers is, is also key. You delivered a lot over the last five years. What are concretely the challenges that have been overcome? I think the, the first challenge was really to convince people. You know, we are a manufacturer, we are a marketing company, and saying that tech was as key as marketing, as key as research and innovation, was the first challenge. And to make sure that we, as I said earlier, we bring tech to the board uh, discussion, to the, to the COMEX discussion. So that, that was the first challenge. But we had a strong sponsorship. The second challenge was really to also attract new talents, to upskill our employees you know, in, in being master of, of tech, but in a positive way, you know, embracing tech and saying, okay, what are the opportunities that it creates? And doing that in a very open-minded, but also in co-creation. So working with external partners, tech giants, and startups. The main challenge was, was really, uh, really that too. And then the second challenge is that you have to do it at the scale of L'Oreal. You know, it's easy to do a proof of concept, a pilot to showcase, you know, to shine with one services or with one, one solution. Doing that, you know, at the scale of a group like L'Oreal, L'Oreal is the leader in the beauty industry with a turnover of more than 38 billion in 2022. So that's for me the, the two challenges. And I, I can tell you that after five years, I think we've, we've covered quite a way. Thank you, Stéphane. You mentioned quite a lot of concrete innovation to employees. Let's deep dive maybe in the field of consumer. What is beauty tech offering to consumers? So we have a portfolio of a beauty tech service uh, that... Uh, are here to really help consumers at precise moment of their shopping journey. To give you an example, you know, the first one is when you are in the discovery phase. Imagine you are looking for a skincare routine. You can't see a dermatologist right now and you are looking for help. You can check your smartphone and with the help of a selfie, you take three selfies and thanks to a powerful algorithm, thanks to a fantastic dataset of more than 150,000 images by annotation by a dermatologist, we are able to give you a clear diagnostic of your skin and to recommend you with the right product. We really strive at doing diagnostic and really guiding people in their routine. So this is a first example, you know, of services that you can find, for example, on La Roche-Posay. We have a great service on acne, for example, The second pillar is when you want to buy a product, but you are online. So it's not very easy to try a makeup shade, a lipstick, for example, or to find the right foundation. And here, thanks to, again, augmented reality, you can, with your cell phone, try different shades of products. 
this product is loved by consumers. Actually, this is the service you know that is the biggest at L'Oréal, and it really helps to drive conversion. That shows that it brings a key value both for a brand, you know, as a consumer, but also for our partner retailer. And we see more and more a new generation of service, which is more looking long term, whether it's looking to predict your beauty trajectory. For example, you can try a skin product and see what would be the effect of anti-dark spot product on your skin. And you can also think about coaching, you know. For example, uh, again on acne, sometimes we have data that shows that 50% of what we call the consumers are giving up their treatment before the end. And because we know that performance equals observance of treatment equals performance, we really want to help, thanks to cognitive science, thanks to coaching, people following their treatment. So we have today, you know, a range of services, more than 100 million services last year in 2023 to help our consumers, to guide them, to help them see the result and to coach them. And this is just the beginning, you know, we are just five years in and I think the future is very bright. Thank you, Beatrice. This is very much in-depth in the beauty routine of uh, each consumer. Very useful, by the way, for the teenagers we may have uh, at home as well. Regarding those services, what is your vision on how beauty tech is really shaping the future of beauty? So we have been learning a lot, you know, as a five years old, as a Stefan said, beauty tech company, while we are 115 years in, in cosmetics. So it's a journey. Our first services were more one-off services. You know, you want to try a lipstick, you try it, and that's it. Now we want to move to longer-term relationship. Maybe you were talking about a teenager, you know, facing acne issue and not feeling well in their skin. Think about, uh, you know, a, a man or woman, you know, preparing for a first date and uh, looking for the best look. Uh, think about, for example, life changes, life moments like maternity, menopause, or it could be disease, where you are looking for help, how to adapt your routine. It could be also hair loss, for example, uh, for men. At all of these moments, you have this kind of beauty dilemma, and we don't want you to be left alone. So our view is, um, of course, together with uh, the pros that you may have uh, in your life, you know, the hairdressers, the dermatologists, the beauty advisor. We also want for consumers going, for example, in supermarket to have an always-on beauty companion. So this is what we strive to create beauty tech service that, like a beauty companion, will care for you at every stage of your life. So for us, the future of beauty is uh, this lifelong vision and the real-time moment. We did a partnership. I will give you an example with um, Rhizometer, who is a company that is uh, monitoring, you know, the weather, the pollution, you know, what we call exposome. And we are able to integrate this real-time data into our services to recommend you with the best routine of products. So real-time, lifelong, you know, a new beauty companion. This is uh, the future of beauty for L'Oréal. <laughs> very clear, very concrete, and it's very much about connection, a real-time moment. If we think about the ecosystem itself, how is beauty tech at L'Oréal impacting the retail ecosystem and as well your partnership with the retailers? At the beginning, you had uh, more uh, services that were there. You know, now we, we are all thinking about journey and uh, what we call continuum, a seamless experience wherever you are. More and more, you know, we are having a connected retailer, a connected hairdresser, a connected pharmacies or department store, and we are working with them. One of the ways for us to be able to connect it and to integrate seamlessly service 
is with QR code. At L'Oréal, you know, Stefan's team developed a fantastic technology called Resolver Technology that is helping us to stay connected with consumers. So with a flash on your smartphone, you are able to access a range of services, of education, of tutorial, of information on ingredients. And I think this is the next frontier is to be able to provide beauty tech service to consumers wherever they are. So of course, this requires deep partnership trust and frame with retailers. Uh, for example, when we talk about uh, data, we have a strict respect of uh, data privacy uh, uh, at L'Oréal. So how do we bring added value to consumers? This is key. Thank you, Beatrice. A lot to learn on your journey. Let's now deep dive. These changes at L'Oréal are undoubtedly having a big impact for consumers, for partners, and as well behind the scene. Uh, let's explore with the outcomes, the lessons learned, from you driving this transformation with your employees for your consumers. Beatrice first, how this change influencing the culture at L'Oréal? So I think first we had a good ground, you know, a good cultural ground at L'Oréal. One of our motto has always been seizing what is starting. And uh, for sure, you know, we stick integrating in life of people. This is something that L'Orealers, you know, really embrace uh, fully. As Stéphane said, you know, over the last decade, we have been embracing e-commerce, we have been embracing social media and platform today. And of course, uh, now uh, beauty tech is part of this uh, full evolution. So I think this seizing uh, what is starting culture is something that works very well. I think a second element of our culture that resonates especially well with developing tech products is uh, the spirit of uh, poet and peasants. So at L'Oréal, we really value this kind of left brain, right brain, balance between the human and the tech, between uh, the vision and the actions, between uh, the dream of perfection, but also the need to act and to iterate. So um, I do think that L'Oréal culture is a, really a, a great match with beauty tech. With a tech product, you need to put the product as soon as possible in the hand of customer and to learn and to iterate many times, you know. When you develop a, a formula in the labs, you need to take time to have a good, safe, great prototype to put in the hand of consumer. So there are some changes, and I think this is great. This is something that is very positive for L'Oréal culture. It's really more than delivering new world-class products. It's about developing meaningful, long-lasting relationship with consumer and a lot of new services. How did you succeed to make it real? I think the way we succeed is by trying, you know, and uh, learning. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great posture. So one of the big focus we had last year was really to simplify our product uh, and service portfolio. So you have some services that were working super well, and you have some services that were great for image. But when we look to data and to uh, what consumers tell us and the business impact, some services were not delivering the best value. So what we decide is to really streamline our portfolio of services toward the big Hero service. Also, what we are doing, you know, is really making the most of the data. So at the beginning, you know, the services were one-off, delivering value straight away, for example, helping you to choose your lipstick shade. Now what we are doing is integrating all this information when the consumer chooses to do so, so that we can personalize their journey post-purchase. For example, you know, when you receive a SMS or an email, You don't want to receive an advertising on a blonde absolue carastase if you are a brunette, you know. 
It's all about relevancy. It's all about being recognized. And I think this is something that we are really working a lot on. The second element, I think you talk about it, is this notion of relationship. And I'm very excited by uh, the launch of the Beauty Genius uh, from L'Oréal Paris this year because it will allow us to have an intimate conversation with consumers. And some people are telling us that they are not always consumers uh, to talk to people and they would have loved to ask some questions, you know, to a beauty genius. And this is what will be possible. So uh, very exciting times. Thank you, Beatrice. We see that the mix of real great beauty product leveraging data, leveraging artificial intelligence, UX design, and the deep knowledge of your business deliver a lot to consumers and employees. What are you personally the most proud of? What I'm the proudest of could be uh, first the team. I think together with Stéphane, because it's really a collaborative work, we have developed a team of really talented people shifting the organization, uh, you know, to become, you know, the beauty tech company of the next decade, you know, with a strong UX expertise, a strong tech expertise, also collaborating with all the organization. For beauty tech uh, services to succeed, you need to be fully integrated to research and innovation, to the tech, to the marketing people, you know, at global level in brand, but also at local level in market, as well as a partner, whether they are a uh, the Walmart or Carrefour of this world, or a salon in your village. So this is the collaboration I think that I'm the proudest of. I think this is what uh, allowed us to uh, reach this 100 million last year. And this is what is allowing us to be pioneering generative AI products like uh, the, the Beauty Genius with, with the right frame. Thank you, Beatrice. You mentioned partnership. Stéphane, what is the role of partnership and what strategic collaboration brings to L'Oréal in that context of beauty tech? I think in that beauty tech transformation, we've learned and we've realized how it is important to, to partner with startups, with tech giants, with strategic partners. Because we are good and we have been doing that for 115 years, which is to design, to develop, to produce and to ship physical products. But now we are into the, the services, you know, the digital products era. And for that, we've realized that, you know, there are a lot of different skills that we were missing. And it's It's only by finding the right skill with the right partners that we were able to, to crack that, both to upscale our internal workforce, but also to benefit from the creativity, from, from the knowledge of the external world. And in the digital world, in the digital product world, it's about product management, it's about design, it's about data science, and it's about technology. And we are partnering, selecting very cautiously the type of partners we, we work uh, with. And let me give you one example, which is one we've been working with uh, Capgemini and, and Frog, which is the augmented product. Beatrice mentioned it. It's a very simple technology. It's about putting a QR code on each of the product, scanning that, and then making the bridge between the physical products that we know and the digital world, and opening a lot of experiences for, for our consumers. On that, you know, we've been working with, with designers because designing consumer experience, you know, it's a very specific tag. Listening to them on, you know, what they want, what they feel, it's, it's also something that we didn't really know doing for digital services. Then also working with the tech part because, you know, we are operating in almost all the countries in the world and being able, when you scan a product wherever you are, you know, to get the right experience, it's a bit of a challenge and we've, we've been working together on that. And for, for us, This is how we see partnership. 
Because in the end, what is important to deliver these products, being services for our consumers or application for our employees, is you need the best performing team with the best talents. You know, as in a startup, you select the team you want to work with, with the talent. And that, we fully believe that it's being open to the external world, that we will always be able to select you know, the best team, the winning team. And that's how we approach our partnership with the external world, which is a bit new. You know, for a while, culturally, we were more closed. But you know, since a few years now, we are open and, and working with a lot of partners. Stéphane, three years that we are working together at the Beauty Tech, based on this path, what are already the lessons learned from the consumer regarding the value proposition of the Beauty Tech? I think, you know, as uh, Beatrice mentioned, for me, the testimony of what we have achieved for consumers is the adoption of our services that we have put on the market. It's a uh, hundred million services usage in 2023. So, you know, it's uh, a lot. It's at scale. It's the, the breadth of the type of services that we have been developing and how these different services are embedded in all the touch points, in the retailers, on environment, on our e-commerce sites, through applications. So basically, we track and measure the adoption of our services. And we also measure the value that it creates, helping the conversion on e-com, for example, the data that we can gather through the services. And I can tell you that for each of the services that we have been developing, it really creates strong value. It helps consumers, as Beatrice has explained, but it also helps us to be better, to be better in delivering services. But also what is very important, it's to be better at developing cosmetic products because we use a lot of knowledge from these services to see what are the new trends. I'll give you one concrete example. We have developed an application where we can listen real time to all the reviews and ratings that the, that the consumers are leaving on e-retailer sites. So it's more than 150 million that we process real time and giving our teams, you know, the marketing, the researchers, real time feedback of what consumers are thinking of the products. Good things, bad things, and we use that to work. So I can tell you that every single services or application that we have developed within the beauty tech transformation is really impacting L'Oreal and changing the way you know, we shape the beauty industry. You delivered, achieved a lot, a lot of insightful data to measure how much you are successful in that journey. From a more personal point of view, what are you the proudest of so far? That's always a tough question because, you know, then you think the different products and, and it's like, you know, being asked to choose between your kids, which I won't do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, it's not what I am asking. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> I, I, and I know. And uh, so it's why what I'm the most proud of is really the scale of the transformation. Because, you know, when I started and when I accepted that mission of leading the beauty tech journey, you know, it was two words. It, it was a, a blank page and we could have gone the way of, okay showcasing a few proof of concept, you know, shining with, with a few objects. But the task was different. The task was to be the number one beauty tech company at the scale of L'Oreal. And it's, you know, only five years after that that I really realized that we have been able to do it at the scale of L'Oreal, that, you know, maybe all the 88,000 employees of L'Oreal now understand what beauty tech is, what tech can do for beauty. We've also built some strong foundation like data platforms, like APIs, portals, which were very new when we started on, on that. But we've done that at the, at the scale of L'Oreal. So, you know, if I have 
one thing to really be proud of is that, which is we've been able to do it at the scale of a group like, like L'Oréal. I think we are really the number one beauty tech company. And as I said, for me, the, the best testimony of that, we have been selected by the CS as the first consumer good, the first French, the first FMCG company to be at the opening keynote of the CS. So it means that we've done it at scale and then we've done it at the scale of L'Oréal. We're going to take a short break. When we return, you'll hear more from L'Oreal on the future of beauty tech. Hi, I'm Jeff Hebert, Global Head of Intelligent Products and Services, Intelligent Industry at Capgemini Invent, as well as President of Synapse Product Development, and the lead author of Frog's latest Chief Challenges report, Making Connectivity Matter, featuring insights by industry experts from across the Capgemini Invent family, including Frog and Synapse, and with real-world case studies, including Nestle Purina and Volvo. This report breaks down the changing landscape of challenges and opportunities associated with creating connected products and services. Together, we explore the significant value connectivity can bring and share perspectives on the ways businesses can successfully journey into increasingly intelligent offerings. Read the report to learn about building the connected products, services, and ecosystems of tomorrow. Check this episode's show notes for a link to download Making Connectivity Matter. Now back to our conversation between Charlotte Piron Perlez of Frog and Capgemini Invent with Beatrice Doutzenberg and Stefan Lanuzel from L'Oreal. We are hearing that it's much more than a program, it's really a mission, and you just mention it by investing year after year in connected and more personalized beauty. L'Oréal has been recognized as a concrete, real tech partner. Having Nicola Hieronymus on stage at the side of Barbara Lavernos, reveling numerous innovation, making accessible to the large, let's say, uh, public, really shift L'Oréal into a different category, making L'Oréal a tech giant. And I assume by investing a bit more in tech, compared to uh, research that is uh, the art of uh, mm -hmm. L'Oréal for years with uh, a bit more than 1 billion euro a year, if I'm right, I expect that a lot more will come on data, on artificial intelligence, on robotization. Could you uh, tell us a bit more about what might come next? And maybe with you, Beatrice, first, could you come back to the innovation revealed at the CES and explain the benefits for consumers employees and the ecosystem itself. Thank you. So yes, I, I was uh, lucky to attend this fantastic CES keynote by our CEO, you know, Nicolas Eronimus. Uh, the first time the conference is made by a beauty company, of course, making us very proud. It's not a surprise for us because L'Oréal has been attending uh, CES for the last 10 years, you know, earning many innovation awards. Uh, actually, just after LG and Samsung, uh, L'Oréal is, uh, you know, in the third position in terms of innovation awards that again this year, you know, seven awards has been uh, won. So during this conference, uh, Nicolas Hieronymus and Barbara talk first about the essentiality of beauty from uh, the Homo erectus in the cave uh, to TikTok today with a billion of impressions, billion of search, you know, on Google. Today we see that beauty is an essential need. And uh, beauty tech is there, you know, to continue to serve this beauty need at, at a new scale. So um, I will uh, maybe focus on uh, two innovations that has been revealed because uh, there were many at CES. You know that L'Oréal is producing digital services, but we are also producing beauty devices 
like for example the steam pot for, from l'oréal professionnel that has been on the market for, for years and this year we reveal a strong innovation called airlight pro which is a fantastic air dryer for consumers that will help to achieve better hair you know more hydrated smoother visibly but also to save time and up to 30% energy which is uh, super important so If you think about it, you know the way that the professional product division of L'Oréal is using tech. We have been launching and actually acquiring Gyoza, which is a company that is saving water thanks to shower heads that have a unique technology that can help you to save 69% of water in salon, but also at home. And now we are saving energy thanks to Airlight Pro, while also it's a unique technology, I will explain in the same time, uh, having a better result on your hair. So what is this technology? Again, it's a partnership with Zuvi, who is a fantastic startup, you know, that has expertise, you know, in optics, that has expertise in uh, wind, because they, they used to do drone. And thanks to their expertise and their professional expertise, we have been able with a team of 100 uh, experts to build this unique technology. So how does it work? Imagine of, uh, of you know, the morning, you know, when you have a, a little uh, water outside, uh, how does it dry? Infrared light of the sun and also with the wind. And we replicate this technology, you know, in this uh, Airlight Pro. More than 150 patents has been filled. It's very exciting. Uh, new technology that will be available in L'Oréal Professional Salon from mid-year. So this is to show you with the LG and Samsung of this world, but L'Oréal is also a tech company regarding objects and regarding devices. And then when you think about digital services that we have been talking to, thanks to generative AI, we are able to push the boundary about services. And we are creating for L'Oréal Paris, so imagine the number one beauty brand of the world, one billion consumers that are today shopping in a self-service environment. When you enter a supermarket, when you are online, you are in a self-service environment. And a lot of consumers are asking help. And for them, we are providing a beauty genius. So with your smartphone, you will be able to access this beauty companion and to ask any question uh, regarding the makeup you want to have. If you want to see tutorials, if you want to know what is inside of product, there is more than 750 products that has been put in the database. And we also integrate our beauty tech service, virtual try-on, diagnostic, on every category, whether we talk about Air color, air care, makeup, or skincare, you know, you will have it all into your beauty genius. And what we discover, and what I must say I'm really proud of, is the art of the beauty conversation. This beauty genius has been trained with all the data we have from our customer care, all the learning we have been having from our beauty advisor, a database of 750 products to be able to provide the best advice to beauty consumers and lovers. I feel that this beauty genius will be soon my best friend. For sure. Uh, for sure. And Beatrice, you mentioned the contribution of L'Oréal developing new services, developing new connected physical products that support you in your day-to-day -day routine. I know how much contributing to uh, develop a more inclusive beauty is something uh, important at L'Oréal. Sustainability is really at the core of it. Could you describe a bit what is the contribution of beauty tech to L'Oréal sustainable commitments? For sure. So we, we discussed just before how to save water, how to save energy, you know, with uh, 
the Gyoza Showa head in Salon and the Airlight Pro, you know, uh, which is a hair dryer that will be available in Salon or at home. So this is the first example for energy and the respect of the planet. For inclusivity, what is important for us is to bring the best of beauty to all. We have developed tools, and I want to name one actually that received an award last year at CES, which is APTA from Lancôme. Today, more than 50 million people have mobility issues with a harm. And thanks to APTA, also an intelligence artificial that will be used to stabilize the movement, we have been able to develop a new tool to help you apply makeup without stabilizing it. We can see when the woman using this Lancome device shares their experience, they are really thrilled and empowered to be able to have their beauty makeup journey and routine again. So this is the power of inclusivity and this is the power of, of APTA. So here again, we talk about a device for digital service. We are working on accessibility of services, for example, in the US with a partner called Level Up to make sure that we provide the best accessibility and user experience to all. We have made progress, but I still think so, you know, we can do better and we are really engaged on this topic. Very concrete, very exciting as well. Beatrice, maybe Stéphane, to complement, still on the sustainability front, what is the key contribution of the beauty tech to the overall sustainable value chain of L'Oréal and what are the implications for the ecosystem at scale? So when we think about sustainability, we've structured our approach, our technological approach in with two axes, tech for sustainability and sustainable tech. Let me start with tech for sustainability. Beatrice mentioned already the, the Gyoza example, but let me give you other elements. One of the key transformation of, of the beauty industry is moving into the biotech and moving into the green tech, you know, using ingredients that are sourced from nature, that are renewable. And that's where technology is, is helping us because, you know, we are launching 8,000 products per year, 8,000 new formulas. So at the same time, we need to innovate, but also to renew our ingredients portfolio and our formula portfolio. And it's only because we have been able to, to develop digital formulation. So formulation, leveraging algorithms to be able to determine what is the best formula that we can do that at the speed that is required. So we have augmented our researcher so that they can use algorithms to find the right formula. Another element where we are using technology is on supply chain optimization. You know, supply chain is more and more complex. We have the fragmentation of the supply chains. And for example, in China, we are leveraging artificial intelligence to do demand forecasting and also supply chain optimization. So to locate the inventory in the best position, you know, in our distribution center, in our factories and within our suppliers to be able to serve our consumers in a more sustainable way. Sustainable tech is also key because, you know, we are all excited about digital transformation technology, but we have also to recognize that technology has some impact on our sustainability trajectory. So we are working a lot with strong commitment to really reduce the impact of our technology. First, working with our key partners and, and you know, the and the, the cloud provider and asking them, you know, very tangible, measurable impact of all the solutions that we develop and how we can work with them to reduce the impact. But we are also working with our employees, you know, telling them what is the sustainable impact or the environmental impact of their technology. As we've done before with our, uh, you know, travel impact, now we've received our technological, digital uh, impact as employees with a lot of tips 
to reduce that. So for me, it's very important because, you know, as we promote the beauty tech transformation and as we promote technology, often questions on, you know, is it compatible with the sustainable goals of L'Oreal? And I think it's very important to reconcile the two, which is technology will help us to achieve our sustainable goal, but we will also make some effort in making technology more sustainable. You are very much putting employees in the driver's seat on making it sustainable at large. Very interesting. Stéphane, you already start your generative AI uh, journey. Beatrice was mentioning uh, the beauty genius. That is uh, a good example of it. What are the biggest evolution you expect on the AI and Gen AI front? And what are the implications in terms of governance, organization, competency? This is a big shift. It, it's true that, you know, last year we've been hit by the Gen AI tsunami. And for all the people that have been in, in AI, there was like first a little bit of a surprise, I have to, to admit, but also for me a strong opportunity because AI and Gen AI was now, you know, in Davos last year and still, still this year. So AI is in everybody's mouth, so which is good because that has enabled to really put AI as a key enabler of our future strategy. But we have to also to be careful with this big uh, you know, hype wave. And I can tell you that the first decision that we make at the group level on Gen AI was to say, these, these are the do's and don'ts. So the first thing that we did was, okay, we, you can do that. You are not allowed to do that as employee of, of L'Oreal. Because we strongly believe that, and I will come back to it, that there are a lot of opportunities, but you also have to be careful and to understand you know, what are the, the downsides or the potential pitfalls of this type of technology. But to, to start on the positive side, I'm a truly tech optimist. Gen AI for a, a company like L'Oreal is about creation, marketing creation. We produce so much content and Gen AI is enabling us to you know, do that probably faster in a more innovative way to explore new territories, to combine new skills. So it's augmenting our marketing people. But I still believe that in the end, you know, it's the human touch that will make the difference. So it's why I, I talk about augmentation. And I don't believe that Gen AI, you know, they won't be like Gen AI robots doing marketing instead of marketing people. I'm a strong believer of the augmented marketer. So in the creative space, you know, obviously it will help us to be stronger. Maybe one thing, because that's a stance that L'Oreal has taken. You know, we do cosmetic products for real people in the real world. So we have decided that we will not use Gen AI created human in our advertising space. So we can get inspired by Gen AI, but it's not replacing a true person. Obviously, Gen AI is also very useful in conversation, and that's the beauty genius. For me, what is really striking with Gen AI is the quality of the conversation. This is the first time where you have a true conversation. So obviously you need to guide, you, you, you need to frame it, but I'm impressed by the quality of the conversation. And, you know, if I can name other areas where we are using uh, Gen AI in uh, formulation again, you know, uh, obviously helping us to uh, create new formulas as, as uh, in other life science industry but also in, in knowledge management. And because we are big, you know, we, we have a lot of data, a lot of information, we do a lot of studies. So having the ability to develop solutions, to compile that, to summarize is also key. So that's the type of area where we are exploring beauty genius. But as you truly mentioned, governance is also key. And for us, trustworthy AI 
is a key topic, is a key stream. So we have developed a policy around trustworthy AI with some very clear messages that it will always be human first. Transparency will be key. Honesty will be key. So we have some key principles that we have defined and each application, solution, services that we develop are analyzed against these uh, principles. And we are also working on uh, having some internal and external advisory board to make sure that we will look at that with the necessary analysis, stepping back and making sure that we are making the right decision in this fastly evolving situation. So that's where, where we stand. So Gen AI will continue to disrupt, to uh, challenge us, but we are doing that you know, with a lot of optimism, but also some cautions and some prudence. We are really touching upon how much Gen AI is bringing new to the services you want to develop for consumers and employees. And we touch upon really how much it's a transformation by itself for the company. If I look at what you achieved at L'Oréal within the beauty tech, L'Oréal always contributed to elevate the standard and create new standards in the beauty industry. What does it mean? What could be the lessons learned for other industries? So if I step back, for me, you need to embrace tech. You need to embrace tech with optimism, with a lot of willingness to bring that at the right level of the organization, meaning the top, meaning the board, meaning the executive committee. They need to embrace technology and to see what it means for them. We have also to say that, you know, it's not for free. I mean, it requires some investment and some commitment. So you have to be ready to invest and to invest in a sustainable way behind tech because it's not hype. It's not about shiny objects. It's about huge transformation. So you need to invest and you need to be able to continuously invest. You also need to embark and embrace your entire company, you know, about talents, about skills, bringing new talents and skills, but also making sure that every single employee of your company is part of the journey. And that's, that's not easy, but you need to be able to see you know, what's in there for them, what's in there for me, for each and every single employee, because it's such a powerful transformation that you need all the company behind it. But, you know, as I said many times, I'm a tech optimist and I'm really thinking that, you know, by leveraging tech at the scale of our big companies, you know, we can be more inclusive, more sustainable and, you know, make the world we live in better. Thank you, Stéphane. Thank you, Beatrice. We are ending this podcast. I want to thank you both uh, very much for being there today, investing uh, your time, sharing your learning. Thanks a lot as well for your confidence and the collaboration we had uh, over the last year. I'm pretty sure that all those learnings will be very much valuable as well for other players in the beauty industry and as well very much for others that are benchmarking with L'Oréal and with the beauty sector. You mentioned life science. It's one among many. And I'm pretty sure that we will meet together again to pursue this very insightful discussion. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Thank Charlotte. You, Charlotte. Thank you. And that's our show. The Design Mind Frogcast was brought to you by Frog, a leading global creative consultancy that is part of Capgemini Invent. Check today's show notes for transcripts and more from our conversation. We really want to thank our guests, L'Oreal's Beatrice Stoutzenberg, Global Director of Beauty Tech Services, and Stéphane Lanuzel, Beauty Tech Program Director, as well as Charlotte Pierron Perlez, Executive Vice President and Managing Director of Intelligent Industry at Capgemini Invent. 
Thanks all of you for sharing your insights on taking beauty to a whole new level. We also want to thank you, dear listener. If you like what you heard, tell your friends. Rate and review to help others find us and be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Find lots more to think about from our global frog team at frog.co slash design mind. That's frog.co. Follow frog on Twitter at at frog design and at frog underscore design on Instagram. And if you have any thoughts about the show, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out at frog.co slash contact. Thanks for listening. Now go make your mark.